0: what is going on ladies and gentlemen uh macabre master crew here and we wanted to give you a short disclaimer about the content of this podcast
1: we have a lot of things that we talk about that are sensitive topics um and so we want to make sure that everybody out there is making sure that they're listening when they're in a good headspace uh and that they understand that um, we don't want any of these things to trigger you or upset you and so we want you to know that there are going to be sensitive topics. um, And please feel free to shut off um, and turn uh, us down. If you are in a place where you maybe aren't comfortable with some of the things that we're talking about.
2: In this episode and other episodes of Macabre Masters, you will hear mentions of suicide, self-harm, blood, gore, murder, horror. Uh, There's just a lot of things that
0: you might hear. So please make sure to look out for yourself, protect yourself, protect your mental health, And know that we won't think less of you if any of the subjects in this podcast are, uh, you know, something that isn't good for your mental health. Uh, Last of all, we love you. We hope you're having an excellent day. And for those who want to stick around, enjoy the podcast. Okay, cool. So, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the newest, most awesome, most greatest, most dopest episode of Lorca I mean, beetle I mean, Macabre Masters. All right? Uh, man, I should have put dead air in there, too. Damn it. Fucked up. <laughs> Fucked up, Pope. That's what happens when you record at one and we'll night. We'll get there. Yeah, one of these days. All right, so... Um, Guys, just so uh, we can get some foundational stuff set up, uh, just in the beginning here, uh, you should know that we are, uh, the reason we've been gone so long is because we've been experiencing a little bit of a a tech situation, Uh, as always happens with situations like this. If you don't believe me, go start your own podcast. You're gonna start noticing a lot of tech problems. So um, what we're doing is we're actually recording it a little bit different. Um, So if you notice a difference in sound quality, but hell, maybe it'll sound better because I'm a shitty audio editor, and um uh I paid a hundred thousand dollars while Uncle Sam paid a hundred thousand dollars for nothing. Uh so that's completely possible. With that said, uh I am Pope. This is macabre masters, and as always, I'm hanging out with my dear friends and awesome homies, Nick, original Nick, OG Nick, and Beth, the macabre hey. pimpstress. And um and uh, we are going to actually talk about a movie that is very close to my heart tonight. Um, in fact, the closest to my heart. That movie is known as Jurassic Park. Woo woo. Roar
1: is I love you in dinosaur.
0: <laughs> Roar is I love you in dinosaur. It is. And um, this is uh, this is for a few reasons. Um, I actually believe it or not, it's my favorite movie. I'm well known for loving Jurassic Park. Um, but, uh, I actually argued against it, but they basically forced me. So I'm here against my will. <gasps> Help! <sighs> uh, <laughs> Help!
1: The blood sucking lawyer. He'll be on your, side. <laughs> the only one
0: on my side is the
1: blood sucking
0: lawyer. Um, the way he talks is amazing. Sir Richard Ottenborough is just, he was amazing. And may he rest in peace. The, um, so, uh, on June 10th, so in a few days, uh, a little under two weeks, Jurassic World Dominion will be coming out, I'm super excited about that, Um, mostly because uh, I've seen a few spoilers uh, just because the internet sucks, and um, I know that my homie, the Dilophosaurus, is actually back in the new one, Um, hasn't uh, made a proper appearance since the first one. Uh, And also, speaking of the Dilophosaurus, it's one of the more horror elements, it was kind of a monster in the first one. so. Why would a podcast called Macabre Masters talk about a movie like Jurassic Park? Well, it has strong horror elements, and that's what we're here to talk about today. So the first question I want to ask you guys is, uh, what's your experience with Jurassic Park? You uh, You guys love it. It's the best movie ever. It's the worst movie ever. It sucks. It's great. Still have a crush on Jeff Goldblum. What you got for me?
1: Um, so I, as a kid, like it was one of the first horror movies that was allowed in my house. Um, and I was actually just arguing with uh, my partner the other day about whether or not it's actually a horror movie based on where it gets placed in the video store. So in Blockbuster, it was in the uh, family section, right? But in the little video buffs, like generic, small community, like, video store we had when i grew up it's absolutely in the horror section like it was considered a scary movie and when i was like eight nine or whatever i was when it came out like it was scary it was kind of creepy but in like an endearing kind of way um I will say for me personally, the biggest thing that ruins it is Sam Neill because of his his attachment to the Omen franchise. He was Damien and the Omen is my like biggest, it's the only horror movie that really truly got to me. And so I have no love for Sam Neill. He fucks me up every time. And he's like the sweetest guy. Wait a second. But I I can't stand him.
0: I'm not judging that. In the Omen, Sam Neill was Damien?
1: He does. And so in Omen 3, when he grows up to be um, oh, a politician it. that comes from the West, yeah, he's Damien all grown up. And then he was in like the mouth, out of the mouth of madness, too. And that was kind of a weird movie. Like, so I just have weird associations with him. So it's hard seeing him as this like paternal kind of figure by the end of Jurassic Park, like because I still see him as this like evil contention for The Seed of the Hell Devil. I'm just not about it. Like, it's not good.
0: So uh, a non-Sam uh-huh. Neill um, fan in the house, uh, we apologize in advance to the um, continent of Australia. And um, actually, no, we don't apologize at all. <laughs> With that said, Nick, what about you, my man?
2: So this was my only like my third time watching it. I didn't grow up on it because it came out in 93 and i may be dating myself here but i was born in 95. so my parents already <laughs> had like <laughs> my parents already had the the discussion probably of are we ever gonna let our kids watch this and i didn't watch it till i was like 10. i kind of snuck it i think um and it frightened me extremely <laughs> the part that stuck with me in my mind the biggest was uh there's a, a spoil of course always spoilers but when samuel l jackson's uh character uh, is killed and his arm is just there and it like falls on her shoulder and then she like walks and it's just there that was always stuck in my mind it scared me as a kid um, then I watched it I watched 1, 2, and 3 in a row but I was like in high school so I was kind of like I don't care I'm gonna be on my phone I wish I was playing Assassin's Creed um, then this time I watched it at work but it was really slow there's like no one coming in right now and this time I actually got literal chills uh, when they do the slow reveal of the dinosaur and the da uh, yeah, it was really, I like it much more now um, that I'm a grown up and I'm a big fan and it actually still did scare me a little bit. Um, I think it's truly frightening. I, it's, that's part of the reason I kind of pushed for it. Uh, besides the fact that James A.G. Neese nice did it, um, not to copy him, but <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think it was really scary. It's good. Good movie.
0: Have you ever heard the... I
1: think my favorite... I was going to say, I think my favorite part about it is the fact that it was revolutionary for its time. Like, when it came out, it was the highest grossing film of all time. Or somewhere up there in that. Like, when it first aired and first was released and stuff and we didn't see animatronics of that kind of caliber we didn't see that kind of attention paid to detail in horror movies up until jurassic park came so i think in its own right it is a horror movie just because it set a precedence for certain types of special effects um certain types of set design and stuff like that that we see a lot of other horror movies um since then have taken kind of a, a, a page out of the jurassic park book so to speak
0: a fun fact about the effects, uh, for those who don't know, is that um, so I'm gonna go on this podcast. I'm gonna go full dork. I I'm a huge fan. I've seen the movie more times than I can count. I have a Jurassic Park tattoo. I I I'm a huge fan. Uh, there's a making of book by Jody Duncan. I own it along with the Lost World making of They didn't make one for the third movie. I wonder why. Um, probably because it sucked. Um, but with that said, um, the effects they actually, they were revolutionary, you're completely correct, because what happened was they um, were originally going to do stop-motion dinosaurs, and instead they essentially invented CGI, like on the, like during it, like Dennis Muren and his team essentially invented it on the spot, and uh, it's still some of the best looking CGI out there, although I will say I have the Blu-ray copy, and if you watch it on Blu-ray, the CGI dinosaurs are very, very... It's very obvious which ones are CGI, especially the ones seen in daylight like the Brachiosaurus. Um, However, there are some genius shots that they use the CGI. They got very creative. Because new movies, they just say, is that hard to do in real life? Well, we'll just make CGI. But they had full-size dinosaurs for most of them. So the T-Rex, for example didn't have legs, it was on on tracks, and so it was just the upper body. So there's a scene in the movie that you might remember, and if you just want to get a grip on how awesome this movie was and how awesome Steven Spielberg framed it, there's a part where you're looking at from the inside of the Explorer during the T-Rex attack, and the T-Rex's head bumps the Explorer, right? It just goes bump, bump, and then the kids turn on the light in the other one. When it bumps the car, it is a practical robot. And then the T Rex goes forward. You see him go forward, and your view's a little bit blocked by the front kind of bar of the Explorer. You see the T Rex go forward. That's CGI. Like it's they transitioned flawlessly from practical to CGI because anytime, pretty much anytime you see a dinosaur's legs, barring the Raptor, the kitchen scene, um, because they actually had a guy walking in those legs. He, it was crazy. Like he actually got into the legs and walked with them um barring that anytime you saw the legs in that movie it pretty much was cgi um well the mm-hmm. Source also was a puppet but still anyway point being um it was genius the movie's genius just point blank thematically it's genius um it's of course based on the novel by michael Crichton, which uh if y'all haven't read it you read it you definitely should the novel is better than the movie um oh. no it is it just period like the movie wins out, though, I think in the end, because there's actual fucking dinosaurs on the screen. Like back in the day, like people thought dinosaurs basically giant fucking iguanas. So like mm-hmm. to have dinosaurs like fierce, scary velociraptors and shit, which were actually Utah raptors, by the way. Um, I'm sorry. You guys are going to have to deal with this the entire fucking time. Sorry. I apologize. No,
1: no, I'm loving the uh, fuck out of it. I think it's great.
0: <laughs> They, Robert Backer found Utah We're just Utah here to raptors, let you so. have
1: the show at this point. You know all of it. So we're just going to listen and be educated. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, um, yeah, so what happened with the raptors was uh, Steven Spielberg wanted man-sized raptors around five or six feet. And uh, there wasn't a raptor like that that had been discovered. So he called up Robert Backer, um, who's a very famous paleontologist. He wrote The, um, the Dinosaur Heresies which was about um, dinosaurs being warm-blooded, which back in the day was super controversial, but now it's just accepted as fact. Um, and so uh, he caught a backer, and he was like, hey, backer, is there a raptor out there that's man size?" And backer had not too long before actually found a raptor named Utah Raptor that um, was about the correct size for the profile they were looking for and um so yeah they called a velociraptor because it sounded cooler but it was actually a utah raptor they just the needed to
1: find a six foot turkey
0: that's what they needed to do they definitely need to find a six foot <laughs> turkey um and then um so yeah that's what those are another fun fact the Dilophosaurus in the movie was a youth it was small the the real Dilophosaurus in real life when it got to adulthood was actually quite large um, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting because now people perceive Dilophosaurus because if you go to a toy store and you see a Dilophosaurus toy, it's you not-
1: made me think of it like it's a kitten dog. Like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I'm just going to hang a little bell over it and watch it Yeah, pretty it much. Pray. Like, because it's just a little, what the fuck? See, he was only,
0: he was <laughs> only how... mean to Nedry. He was, he was- Crazy. A, he, well, she actually, it was a girl, right? But, uh, she was only mean to Nedry because he talked shit, you know? He was like, stick, stupid! And then he's like, I'm going to run you over when I come back down. Before that, she just wanted a hug, you know. But then she's like, well, I'm <laughs> hungry, and this fat-ass motherfucker's talking shit. And I got these teeth and shit, and this this uh, venom, you know. So um, it's uh, it's really fascinating how the movie came together. Um, they uh, I mean, they put a lot of thought into it. And obviously a lot of it's controversial today because um, they later on discovered that dinosaurs, you know, a lot of them were feathered um on their way to becoming birds essentially but um it's really weird to me today that uh, that now people call Jurassic Park like scientifically inaccurate and they're like Jurassic Park was scientifically inaccurate and it's like for the science of 1993 it was cutting it was way edge. ahead of its time it was the bleeding edge of so scientific understanding
1: we were um... We were at the Nature and Science Museum, like, a year ago with the kids, and they had this huge uh, dinosaur. Specifically, there's a huge T-Rex skeleton there that, like, for 40 years now, every kid goes on a field trip to see this dinosaur in, like, third or fourth grade here in Colorado, right? Um, And so I took the kids to go since we homeschool and stuff. I was like, this is an important rite of passage of childhood to go check out the dinosaur. and It's so advanced now because they actually have a whole, like, archaeological – a wing attached to the dinosaur display and stuff like that where you can actually see where they're uncovering bones because colorado is a huge place for uh dinosaur excavation and stuff like the dinosaur wars started here in colorado like back in the 19 or 20s or whatever it was i can't remember exactly um and they were saying during their like cool light show presentation that they actually believe now that the t-rex probably quacked like a giant quacking that. noise more than it did that whole roar thing. And I think that's really interesting because it's just really hard to imagine when we're watching Jurassic Park instead of that magnificent yeah. beastly roar, yeah. roar right? Whack. Like <laughs> It just doesn't have the same impact. It's a little less scary.
0: Somebody on YouTube actually did after that got announced. Somebody on YouTube they actually did take that clip when the T Rex first steps out after uh after breaking through the fence. They they took it and they replaced it with a quack. And it is that is A plus content. Like that is Did you pee
1: yourself laughing when you saw that? It's
0: hilarious. <laughs> but I believe it. That's the thing, because like if you, like, see a modern animal and you've never heard it before, I challenge you to guess what it sounds like. Nobody would look at a cow and automatically go, yeah, that thing moos. No. They wouldn't do it. <laughs> they wouldn't do it. It's just, it's just, it's not something. So, trying to guess the sounds that a creature that died 65 million years ago makes has got to be quite the challenge. So, um... Yeah, so Nick, you had said um, that the velociraptor scene uh, with Arnold's arm, which, uh, by the way, once again, um, that actually happened because there's a hurricane during the filming of the movie and Samuel L. Jackson couldn't get back to Hawaii in order to do his parts, So they just basically cut him out uh, by uh, using the arm. So that's a fun fact for you guys. Um, with that said, really,
1: I didn't know that actually.
0: Massive hurricane. Massive.
1: Well, I think my favorite part, honestly, about the movie, it is, it is is pre-Samuel L. Jackson being the motherfucker guy. So Pulp Fiction was where like he got that persona and aesthetic. And so you get to see a whole different side of his acting where he isn't playing that particular role and he is actually acting and not yeah. just being that guy. And so I think it's one of the best parts of Jurassic Park is you actually get to see more of his range as an actor and not just this typecast character that he plays in every movie.
0: the um, I like the Epic Rap Battles of History. actually kind of commented on that a little bit in the battle between um, Spielberg, uh, Hitchcock, Michael Bay, and um, Quentin Tarantino. Because Quentin Tarantino says, uh, uh, he says, uh, when somebody says, what's your fav- favorite Sam Jackson part? Nobody's going to say, "Uh, who's that one dude from Jurassic Park? <laughs> That's like literally what he says. He does this <laughs> in Jurassic Park. Um, so what I wanted to ask Beth is actually what scene. So is there a scene in the movie that, that scares you? Like he said, the velociraptor scene. So is there a scene that freaks you out a little bit or did when Not you were so kid? much
1: anymore. Like now that I'm an adult, like, and it's because I, I have an interest in dinosaurs. And so they're less, um, abstract of a concept to me now, like as that, I'm almost 40 or will be in a few years. Um, like it's not as scary, but as a kid, the Dilophosaurus scene, It was the most impactful, I would say, probably, although the only other scene that really messed me up was the scene where the little like nerdy kid is on the electric fence and they're trying to get him to jump down and like that destroyed me as a kid, like with all of my like sensitivities and neurodivergent shit like the concept, the, the imagination of being there and already not being cool with heights and already not being like and the part where the Brachiosaurus sneezes on the girl. Like that horrified me. Like, and I know that sounds crazy and stupid, but that was like the scariest part of the whole movie for it's me. Gross. Like being covered and smothered in dinosaur snot. I was super not about that as a little kid.
0: We actually watched that movie uh night before last, me and Tatiana. We we rewatched Jurassic Park. I've of course seen it a million times, but Uh, I actually noticed a lot of stuff for the first time in this rewatch and one of them was that when the Brachiosaurus sneezes that is some chunky snot like she's got some snot like right under her lip and it is disgusting like I'm just like oh god that is gross like it's chunky and green I'm like yuck bro yuck
1: so i would say the kids um the kids were really messed up with the velociraptor jump scares like having watched it with the kids like and they range from nine to 13 and even my 13 year old was kind of like you know and he's jaded he plays five nights at freddy's and and does all that like cool spooky kid stuff that they do nowadays or whatnot and and like that still kind of got to him like the jump scare and the velociraptor and really the intelligence of the raptor and trying to imagine being in that situation like that's still I think the most triggering for most people like the kids especially
0: the raptors in the kitchen was a master class and horror tension, like it really was a hundred percent and um it's 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 interesting because I mean it's at the end of the movie you know what I mean like it's almost over at that point but um uh, as far as like a scene that freaked me out, like, um, I, when I, so when I saw Jurassic Park, I just, I saw it in theaters, um, and I actually fell asleep during it. Um, the first half of the movie isn't for kids, it's for adults, uh, just because it's so boring. Uh, but then as soon as the T-Rex came on screen, my mom told me I woke up and, uh, loved it since. So I don't have a part from the movie that ever freaked me out, but I do have one thing that did freak me out and that is the video game for Sega Genesis. There's a part where you um there's a part where you um you're like the T-Rex busts out of a wall and it's just his head and he eats you if you get too close to him. That freaked me out. Um so but not the movie itself. Um the movie itself, I fell so in love with dinosaurs that I still to this day it's a joke that people make about me is how much I love them uh and i don't really give a fuck if you got a problem with that then pretty much go fuck yourself um so uh, no like i i'm 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 real man like you i mean there's a lot worse things to be interested in than dinosaurs you know what i mean <laughs> like give me a break um so i don't know okay so let me ask you guys this if you had to pick like if there's if there's one dinosaur from the movie that you would not want to be locked in a room with for 2 minutes what would that dinosaur be cuz they're all fucking deadly but which one would it be
1: I honestly don't know if there is one like i think that the raptors are adorable like and i super like especially once we get into the further end of the franchise where we've got blue and chris pratt and his little like group uh, of raptors and stuff the like, raptor I squad i really them i call them my <laughs> Doctors, raptors all the time. They're my dogs and my kids, all of them are different dinosaurs at different points. Um, and the Dilophosaurus I always thought was adorable. Like yeah. honestly, so it makes me feel better knowing that it actually was a puppy or a kitten. It wasn't I like know. a little, you know, like full grown evil monster. Like, so I don't know. I don't know if there's one I'd really be scared of, but I have a healthy respect for all creatures. So like I would be just as scared of being in a room with a raptor as I would with a, a pit bull, like that was untrained.
0: And that's fair. I mean, that's completely fair. I would argue a raptor is quite a bit more deadly than a pit bull, but at the same time, they're both very deadly. Um, when it comes to, to being fair though, the raptors are probably
1: smarter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, so 100%. realistically, I am—I have more of a chance of being able to communicate with the raptor and on some level, whether it be body language or, or whatever than I do with like my dog. And I have a dog with autism. So like he is an autistic pit bull and he is very stranger unfriendly. He's great with other animals, but with other people, like if you are not part of our pack, he does not like you. And I'm way more scared of my dog than I would be of an intelligent dinosaur. Well,
0: because an intelligent dinosaur, you can always just challenge to a game of chess. But then you got to be scared again when you beat him. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: I guess that's fair. Unless it's like we're talking, you know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures and we're playing chess with the Reaper.
0: That would be awesome, though. He was such a sore loser in that movie. Man. <laughs> he, was, he was like, best two out of three. Best three out of five. Best five out of seven. It's like, come on, Grammy. Was like, that Bill and Ted
1: the... or was that Wayne's World? That was Bill and Ted, right? It was Bill and Ted.
0: It was the second Bill and Ted, actually.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: One of my favorite quotes from any movie ever though was, was from the Bill and Ted's movies where he's like he's like, dude, if we die, you can have my whole Megadeth collection. And uh and like Ted's like, Dude, we're already dead. And Bill's like, Oh, it's yours then I'm <laughs> like, What the fuck? Um, <laughs> shit's ridiculous. All right, Nick, who which dinosaur would you not want to be locked in a room with?
2: Um Well, I'm pretty short-tempered, so I'd probably say something to the Dilothosaurus that would make it uh, probably get me. Um, Stick stupid. I, <laughs> probably if it kept chirping at me, I'd be like, oh my gosh, shut up. <laughs>
0: then I'd end up dead. Now I
1: just know it wants biscuits. It's fine. Just keep some dog treats in your pocket, okay. you know, or okay. a ball of yarn. It's food, good. of
0: food. <laughs> See, the thing is, though, is remember, though, that you guys are going in armed with knowledge about these dinosaurs. The reason Nedry died Mm. was because for some reason he worked on an island full of deadly dinosaurs and never thought to be like, okay, this is a Dilophosaurus. It had to be taken off the main tour in the book because it kept spitting venom at the guests, true story in the book, Um, like researching it and knowing a little bit about it. That's how he died because he sat there staring at it. He's just like, huh, it's a little stupid dinosaur. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you, like, if I was on an island with a fucking T-Rex, I would know where that motherfucker is at all times. You know what I mean? Like, all times. Because <laughs> that shit will kill you and not even know that you were ever there. You know what I mean? Like, it's huge, you know? And um, and so uh, I, I think that was his big mistake, was that he didn't care mm-hmm. enough to think about it. It's like, it's like, it's that applies to real life, too. I mean, if you work at a zoo... I would think that you would be very cautious when it comes to animals like hyenas or bears or uh, tigers, things of that nature, things that can kill you very easily. I would think you'd be very cautious and know where they are at all times. I've never worked at a zoo, unfortunately. Um, maybe one day. Hashtag goals. But at the same time, uh, when I do, if you walk up to me you say, Pope, where's the bears? I'm be like, they're right over there. Like they are over there i'm over here bears are over there i'm here i'm not going to take you to the bears they're over there go you go at your own risk i have nothing to do with this bears me bears me okay um just
2: silently knife hand you know where it is you know where it is
0: um yeah that's uh that's the thing i have a healthy respect for nature in that i believe in keeping a distance and that's actually from animals that won't harm me as well like if uh if we have, like, a rabbit in our yard, I don't approach it. Like, I'm like, the rabbit's just mm-hmm. sitting there minding its own business. Like, I will appreciate it from a distance, and uh, I hope that the rabbit has an amazing day. Um, but it probably wouldn't appreciate me, like, walking up and trying to give it snuggles or something like that, even though I really love rabbit <laughs> snuggles because I just love rabbits.
1: See, appear I have bobcats, coyotes. Um, we had a baby bear in the middle of the day run through camp like a year and a half ago, which it says was so one of two things. Either it's sick or the mama is gone and it is wandering, right? But we have like wildlife like that. My kids went walking like a mile away up to like where this little patch of like wooded area is. And they were like playing in the middle of the wooded area and they just happened to stumble across a bobcat den full of skeletons from animals and a little baby bobcat and mama was nowhere to be seen which means she was probably out hunting for food or whatever but that's like prevalent up here and so as a result like i have to constantly remind my kids that you're gonna die petting something you shouldn't if you don't listen to me and stay away from the bobcat baby right. you know
0: yeah that's that's it's a uh um i mean i grew up a lot of my life in the south too and so uh like dealing with Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff like uh like for example snakes you know what i mean like i love snakes they're the coolest thing in the world a lot of them can kill you pretty easily um stuff like that but you know not nearly anything like what you're talking about Uh, Well they have bears up here in minnesota but they i haven't seen any you do have
1: bears in minnesota
0: I have well they no. they haven't bothered me because I should You have my pants.
1: Wolverines in Minnesota for fucking Wolverines are vicious as fuck.
0: I'm buying a house out here, okay, so let's not talk it let's not talk about Wolverines. I'll be scared nah. to death, man. I ain't trying to fuck around with a Wolverine. All right. I just, I just see that's the thing. I, I want to let them live their lives and let me live my life. Like, you know what I mean? I got nothing against y'all. Wolverine motherfuckers, just stay over there. Oh, but there was one cute one over the winter. We were, uh, Tatiana was looking outside. She was sitting next to the window and looking outside. And a fucking literal otter walked across our yard and across the street. An otter. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Okay. Where do you like, all
2: live? Well, we, I we only live in lived in, I've only lived
0: in cities. We have so... river otters, so that's the thing is, like, there's a lot of river otters out here. You don't see them that often, but they're out there.
2: I've only seen them at aquariums. Because, <laughs> like, the, the, the biggest thing I've had to deal with, besides camping and hiking, when I was uh, out in Yellowstone, I, I saw, like, Buffalo. That was pretty cool. Buffalo, like, got really close to me uh, in a car and out of a car. Um, but here living in the cities, uh, I got frightened by a possum hanging out in the parking deck today (laughs) just trying to catch is this 94 here in the south it's ridiculous um so yeah there's just this possum hanging out down there no i was when i went to yellowstone there was a bison oh
1: i was like oh no no sorry i missed that because i wanted to look up and see if i was right about the wolverines and apparently they're extirpated there are no uh, longer wolverines since the early 1900s when they were hunted and trapped into near extinction but they were in minnesota up until like 1910 1920 somewhere in there
0: so but I'm you guys do you have
1: lynx, which is cool Oh, well, lynx. okay
0: i i know next to nothing about them except that once again they're another creature that i give a respectful distance to um yeah so I'm sad about the Wolverines because obviously them getting hunted and stuff into almost extinction is terrible. Uh, but I'm also relieved. And now I will be able to sleep tonight. So that's good. Um, rest in peace on my Wolverine brothers and sisters that died from my ability to sleep. Um...
1: So, well, they're all still up in like higher Canada and like Alaska, so they're just back. not down in the lower end anymore. Because Americans we suck and we murder everything that we can get our hands on for profit.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's no good. That's no good. It's um, so most macabre
2: thing of all, it's capitalism. the most
1: macabre thing
2: of all. Yeah,
0: capitalism. no, shit. <laughs> <community>. <laughs> so guys, uh. This has kind of been a scattered conversation about the movie Jurassic Park, but, um, I will say, I I will ask this. Um, it's a, it's a really fun movie. It's a really good movie. I'm really looking forward to the new one. Um, but the what thing... What still
1: scares you, Pope? I want to know.
0: From Jurassic Park?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have always found the raptors in the kitchen scene to be very disturbing. Um... Uh, partially because it's with kids, and you know you obviously don't want any harm to come to kids until the later movies when the kids are fucking annoying, and you definitely want harm to come to <laughs> them. And Steven Spielberg refuses to Those let harm. Those kids were
1: pretty to... annoying.
0: The one Jurassic World where like old Duty's a teenager, he's like staring at chicks the whole time. He's like, like, uh, <laughs> fucking. Can he die? Can somebody please get him out of here? <laughs> Ty Simpkins was okay, all right, but the the other dude, like, okay. Um, but the raptors in the kitchen, Um, the Dilophosaurus part I love is my favorite part. And Dilophosaurus is one of my favorite dinosaurs of all time, if not my favorite. I actually have, like, seriously, like, 30 Dilophosaurus toys because I
1: love it so much. Um, the T-Rex... I have a question for you. Of course. I'm sorry. Um, My kids were wondering when we were watching, they do the first scene where they're down at the waterfront and all the dinosaurs are, like, herding together down at the lake or whatever to drink, and there is the shorter four-legged assumingly a herbivore drinking water and it's the one with the spine on its back but i don't think it's a spinosaurus i think it's something else do you know what that dinosaur is because i did not know
0: uh yes it's parasaurolophus
1: parasaurolophus Mm
0: -hmm. and they actually and i will
1: make sure to tell them that tomorrow
0: the parasaurolophus actually only showed up in jurassic park during that one part but in the next movie the lost world they have a very prominent part during the roundup scene
1: See, I haven't seen that one. What? It's fucking I didn't. awesome. I was like, I don't know, nine or twelve or something when it came out, and I haven't seen the second or third one. But then I've seen all oh. of the new ones.
2: Inter- I've only seen one, point. two, and three. I've not seen any of the Chris Pratt ones. On,
0: I've not seen any of those. I've seen, of course, everything. The
1: first on one that. was good with Chris Pratt. The second one wasn't as good, but I hear good things about the next one.
0: The um. Hmm. The first, the second, this the second Chris Pratt movie was all right. Um, in the first half, the second half they really dropped the ball in my opinion. Um, so but uh, if you're trying to have a movie night, uh, the second Jurassic Park movie, The Lost World, was very good. It was yeah. not as philosophical as the first one. Um, but it was still a really good flick. Uh, it was a great summer flick. Jurassic Park three I hated. I feel like it's garbage. Um, but uh, you might not feel that way. Uh, some people don't, and they're wrong, but that's okay. Um, it's your American right to be wrong. And um...
1: how did you feel about the scene where they find the dinosaur eggs? Like, because that is really scary, too. After they're like, oh, they're all female. We genetically modify them to be that way. And then Sam Neill and the kids um, all stumble on the dinosaur eggs. Like, that was really impactful,
0: too. I and I think magical. it really
1: set a lot of the groundwork for the future movies, didn't it?
0: I thought it was absolutely magical. I thought it was awesome because like the thing is, is like it, I think as a kid you're watching it and you're just like dinosaurs show me dinosaurs. But as an adult, you're like, you can, I think that adults with maturity can like see the problem and what they're trying to do. And if you, if you respect nature, like, that's the thing is like, if there was a real life Jurassic park, if they made one, um, I don't think that I could go as a person who respects nature because that's spitting in the face of nature that's spitting in the face of God. If there is one that's spitting in the face of every natural order ever. And there's deep seated problems with cloning that people don't generally tend to speak about, even when we're talking about modern day cloning, like um, the sheep that got cloned. That was the first like successful yeah. cloning. Holly?
1: Yeah, that was only a couple of years after Jurassic Park took place that they cloned dolly so it actually became like a a conversation on the table would we ever clone dinosaurs like i remember having this as a philosophical conversation in like language arts or something um in middle middle school junior high like would you clone what does this open up like for us as a society if we can clone like are we just going to clone organs are we going to clone people animals prehistoric extinct terrifying creatures like So I think that it did kind of have an impact. And again, it was ahead of its time in what we were capable of and what we knew as far as knowledge and stuff that it actually became realistic to consider um, that as a possibility, really.
0: So um, definitely uh, for anybody who is interested, by the way, there's a book called The Science of Jurassic Park or How to Build a Dinosaur. Uh, It's an incredibly complex science book, but it's amazing Um, and so they can't do Jurassic park. Uh, and the reason is because fossilization destroys most DNA. So it's just, it's pretty much impossible to do it. Uh, they do get DNA out of dinosaur bones, but they have to destroy them. They have to ground them up. Um, I think Michael Crichton actually touched on that in the second book, but, um, it's, uh, it's, I strongly am morally against cloning. Um, and a lot of people I think see it as an opportunity to escape death, but, um, the problem with escaping death is that um, it's all fine and good for you on an individual basis, but the problem is, is um, the world like kind of relies on people, you know, phasing out in order to keep it underpopulated. So, um, yeah, death is natural. Let it happen. Don't clone, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. That's just my opinion, though. A lot of people feel differently because there are things like cloning organs that are like. Um, made for people so that they don't have to worry about rejection when there's a transplant yeah. and stuff like that. But then also there's like the cloning chickens and stuff like that, these animals that will never have a real life, um, and the unimaginable cruelty that happens to them that pretty much all of us buy into, even though I know that on a moral level we don't really like it. Um, it's just kind of how our society set up. So there's it's a really deep-seated issue. Jurassic Park, um, in my opinion, tackles it, pretty much from the standpoint of a uh, heavy criticism. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because Ian Malcolm, who, by the way, in the movie had all the best lines, nobody yep. got lines like For Ian Malcolm, sure. but the reason in the book. I oh. really want
1: you to do an Ian Malcolm cosplay. Can I just throw that out there real fast?
0: I'll do an Ian e. Malcolm cosplay. Not right now. Obviously I got to I'll give know.
1: you a dollar. Uh, <laughs> a dollar.
0: <laughs> uh, that's more than I have right now. So, uh, yeah let's uh give me offline that'll be the the second sticker that we do um
1: yeah
2: right Mm -hmm. life finds a way (laughs) that's
0: hot with the whole uh, like open t-shirt too like just all in
1: there with the black pants i just i i I require this to to happen
0: (laughs) but um this is
1: my dying wish before i die
0: uh, the uh I'm blushing. Um, anyway, so my wife, um wait, what was that what was I saying about my wife? Oh, I was saying that she'd probably like that too. But the thing that I was gonna say Ian was, Malcolm. <laughs> Ian Malcolm got um was the voice of Michael Crichton in the book. So a lot of the characters did stuff that like Michael Crichton didn't morally think was right because it is a book and it does have a plot and it does need to move forward. But Ian Malcolm was the one that he gave his thoughts. And, um, and Ian Malcolm, obviously from the very beginning of the book and movies, incredibly, incredibly critical of the Jurassic Park project. And, um, Michael Crichton was critical of the idea as well. Um, and in some of his writings, he goes a little bit more into cloning and the dangers of like, um, especially genetic science in general, like gene patenting and stuff like that. Uh, he foresaw a lot of that happening and it's happening today. Mm. And, um, it's uh I think the Michael Cryant would be rolling around in his grave if he saw some of the shit that was going on today personally. But um maybe he would have rolled with it. I mean he was he was that kind of guy. So um mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh it's a great movie. And I think that it caught a lot of the shots before it actually happened. Um, but so I agree 100 percent But um is there anything before we before we wrap this one up? Is there anything you guys didn't like about the movie? We said a bunch of good stuff about it, but is there anything you didn't like about it? Besides mm. Sam Neill. <laughs> Besides what? Besides Sam Neill. Mm.
2: I'm all right with the kids. They're just not my favorite.
1: <laughs> but and Sam Neill's really entire not. character is like, And I is love a nerd. nerdy kids, man, but I'm they nerd, were so like,
2: yeah, it's like I don't know. The kids were he's...
1: extra, especially for 1993. Yeah, they were
2: 1993 <laughs> extra. Piece of toast. They were all right. I mean, I. I mean, I was once that age, and I absolutely remember being that. <laughs> that kid, but about other things. I explained before the podcast. I was uh, not a dinosaur kid. I think I missed that wave. Like everyone I watch on YouTube, though, happens to be a dinosaur kid. It's really weird. <laughs> Because that's, so. who,
0: that's who the awesome people are. You just need to walk up to them. You like dinosaurs when you were a kid? And now? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, we can be homies. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. You
1: want to know what I was most critical about of the whole movie? Like, more than anything, even more than Sam Neil, the one thing that I was super critical about was the lawyer's short suit. Like, he had this nice blazer hey, and jacket, got and then he's, up, he's like, three inches, shorts. four inches above the knee. Fucking, like, <laughs> khaki slack dockers. Like, and I just, but they were shorts and they weren't even cool, like Steve Irwin shorts. They were like meant to be professional looking. And I just, I died the whole time. And that's probably my most critical biggest criticism of the whole movie was the lawyer's outfit is that terrible they
0: squeezed his balls too like they were up him, they were hugging him like yeah (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) and then he's all sitting there in the bathroom when the building gets knocked over and he's just sitting there on the toilet with his pants on and you just see these shorts and these skinny knobby knees and i'm just like guy probably could have had a little more dignity right there like it was already bad enough he was dying on a toilet
0: just like Elvis. Exactly yeah, like Elvis. Elvis. That's, that's exactly what? how Elvis Only not died. not as
1: cool. <laughs> but he wasn't wearing shorts that were fucking business slacks. Like, uh, well, we don't know and, that. And I noticed that, the second they're trying to do the, the seatbelt in the helicopter while they're flying. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. is he wearing yeah. shorts? <laughs> I
2: noticed that too. I was like,
0: what is this? It <laughs> is interesting because you think Angus if you Young went to a tropical island... DC, DC you would have the presence of mind to understand there's probably gonna be big bugs out there and you're gonna like never yeah. mind the the dinosaurs. Like there's probably gonna be bugs and stuff you're not gonna want to wear shorts. But then again, I don't know. Laura Darn wear shorts, uh, wore shorts and uh, most of us didn't complain about that. But um I have no idea why.
1: <laughs> yeah, but her her outfit looked better.
0: I mean, in general, Laura Dern, I think would I would say looked a lot better than the lawyer. <laughs> oh my gosh, the lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Donald fair. Gennaro is his name. In forty-eight hours, I'll be accepting your apology. Um, okay, so uh, so <laughs> my my beef with Jurassic Park, and I only really I only really have one. I think it's a very good movie. It's not a perfect movie though, and that is a. Uh, I think that I think that like so Sam Neill actually like not Sam Neill as an actor I love Sam Neill as an actor but the thing is is like the whole movie is really about parenthood in a way and so it's Sam Neill's transition from not liking kids uh, and not wanting to be around them to uh, kind of falling into a more paternal role but I don't know if it was strictly speaking necessary. I think you could have taken the kids out there and still had the God complex cloning conversation, and still had a great um, film. But it was mm. also it was also in the book, so I don't know. Like Tim and Lex were definitely in the book, um, mm. but. I don't know. I always found that. So part, like his know. wife
1: really pushed that narrative though, from the very beginning where he's doing the scene with the raptor claw and the little fucking smart ass kid talking about it's six foot Turkey, you know, and his wife is all like, you should be nicer to kids. You should try being around them more. I mean, she was really trying to push for that. You should, you should consider us having kids thing. And so I think that they were trying to make that just more part of their dynamic in their relationship than necessarily relevant, to the story at first. And then he gets put in this situation where he has the kids and he really has no choice, right? So I feel like maybe it was just part of a buildup to him having to be put in that fight or flight, life or death sort of situation with these children who are really not prepared for it. And they're clearly very well privileged with their grandfather. We loved all the gifts you sent us, Grandpa. And like, Mm. I mean, we just see, they don't really have a lot of real life experience. This kid is 100% a bookworm, right? Like he probably isn't the kid that's got a lot of friends sitting on the school bus and stuff. So I feel like they set that up in a way where it was supposed to be more natural that he would take the kids because of his wife pushing him towards that. And that's how he got set up, stuck with them out in the wilderness with the dinosaurs in the first place, you know. But um, I do feel like it kind of detracted from some of the other parts of the story. Like, I didn't really need to know that that was part of their relationship, you know, for it to make sense for the rest of the story for him to end up with the kids.
0: So um, a little fun fact that actually might color your perception of the movie a little bit. Um, Laura Dern in the movie did not play his wife she played his student so if that tells you anything about the dynamic there Um, and so they were it was like kind of like hinted that they were romantically involved which is immoral really in that kind of situation but it was hinted but then it was kind of said later on when Malcolm asked Sam Neill but he might have just been being jealous Um, I will say this though uh, in Jurassic Park 3 which is terrible and nobody should watch it but I did it for you I'm here to help um, and, uh, there's a part where they fake you out, like, uh, Sam Neill, you see him and he's got kids around him and you're like, they're like babies. And you're like, did they? And it turns out that no, he was visiting Laura Dern and her doctor husband and it was their kids. And, uh, you're like, you're like, <laughs> Dude,
1: that's all bullshit. they totally implied that they were a couple. Like never once did they say that she was oh. a student and now I'm really upset. Like that was all bullshit.
0: I told you, I told you my color. That's, that's, uh. that's what happened. Yeah, um so That's it's
1: That's worse than the Bloyers shorts.
0: And interestingly also <laughs> Interestingly also Laura Dern and Samuel actually have been doing the interview runs for the new Jurassic Park movie and um they've actually commented on their relationship in the original movie and they've called it uh highly inappropriate. Was what they called it because of the age difference. Um I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like uh once you reach, you know, age of majority a little bit older, maybe 20, 25 uh, you, you should be able to date whoever the fuck you want at whatever yeah. age you want. Like, He's you're an adult. a doctor. Like, for yeah. the
1: fuck's like she's an eth... Or what was it? A, a, an archaeobotanist? I can't even remember what her exact title was. I know she was... Paleobotanist. Thank you. Um, And, like, she was a doctor. Wasn't she? Like, in the fucking movie?
0: As far as I understood, yes, she was a doctor and she was an expert. So in if you've build. got
1: a doctorate, you should be able to bone whoever you want. Right? I'm sorry. And I mean, it's Sam Neil. He's handsome. Who
0: wouldn't bone Sam Neil? I- Call me, call me, me Sam. Uh, Beth ain't into it, but I am. Call me. Um. So. Uh. With that said, uh, the last thing I have to say before we close this out is that there is indeed. I do not have to look it up. Jurassic Park porno. Um. Oh. Oh. there is there
1: is, of course there is oh. of
0: course there is um, there are too
1: many of those fluffy inflatable dinosaur Halloween costumes now <laughs> oh for gosh. that to not be a thing
0: not only that but there's not only just Jurassic Park but there's also in general romance books uh, by people like Chuck Tingle that uh, feature uh, taken by the Triceratops and things along those lines <laughs> um, people uh. send them to me like they send me like Amazon links all the time trying to troll but the oh truth is, God. is I think it's awesome and I fully support dino erotica uh, literature. As long as the dinosaur and the human are both consenting, completely cool with it. So uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, how can you obtain a consent from a triceratops? I don't know. But listen, I, I don't know. We talked about it early. We don't know what they sounded like. Maybe they could speak in human language. We don't know. There's no way to know this. This is all speculation at this point.
2: So, yes. Actually, in the third one, though, in the third one. When they're on the plane, that raptor, that dinosaur, says he does.
0: He says Alan straight up. (laughs) Alan. (laughs) You know what? You know what's fucked up about that scene, the Alan scene. The the raptor head, the raptor head that appeared on that part, was based on the raptors in Jurassic Park 3, but Sam Neill hadn't been to Isla Nublar and seen them yet. Stupid, shoddy storytelling, (laughs) and not only that, but the Spinosaurus destroyed a t-rex in a fight spinosaurus has had weak jaws because they ate fish t-rex had like 30 tons of crushing power in his jaw the fuck you talking about a spinosaurus is gonna win in a fight with the t-rex spinosaurus would get punked the fuck out okay (laughs) that motherfucker's old man fisherman and the t-rex is fucking don mega the fuck fuck jurassic park 3
2: all right with that
0: said with that said ladies and gentlemen Thank you for listening to uh, this episode of Macabre Masters um, on the movie Jurassic Park. Uh, if you haven't seen it in a long time, go back and rewatch it. It's an excellent, excellent, excellent film. Um, and um, beyond that, today is actually June 3rd, which makes it the third day of Pride Month. We hope you all have an amazing and beautiful uh, Pride Month. Word up to all of our LGBTQ homies out there. We hope you're having a great month and, uh, and your visibility is awesome. We love you. We love you very much. And uh, not only that, but another cool thing that's not quite as cool as Pride, but still is kind of cool is my birthday's in two days. So I'm turning 35. What? Um, so uh, that's cool. Happy
1: birthday, Pope.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so everybody out there listening to this, uh, go ahead and send me a birthday present. I take Amazon gift cards. I take sex uh, club gift cards. I take whatever you send. And
1: dinosaur porn.
0: Dinosaur erotica books. Send me Chuck Tingle dinosaur erotica books. I'm into this. I will read them and send you a personalized review. Uh, I'm kidding. I will not read them and send you a personalized review. That was a complete Uh. lie. I did not mean that.
1: Unless you asked for him to. If you ask for him too, I bet if you I'll ask nicely,
0: it. I mean, I can't, I can't turn down anybody who asks me nicely for anything. So, uh, but guys, thank you for listening. Um, I've been Pope. I am, of course, uh, this OG Nick, and uh, my friend Beth, the macabre pimpstress. We're going to get out of here. We hope you have an amazing, amazing month, an amazing, amazing week. We're going to be back next week, so I don't know why the fuck I said month. I'm tired. It's 2 o'clock in the morning here. So, guys, have a good one. Be safe. Be smart. you we've
1: been on vacation for a month.
0: Uh, that's, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, later. Have a good one. Bye, Bye guys.